Balance is a myth. And for years, I fought for balance and ended up wasting time and energy on false notions of perfection. After anxiety attacks, bouts with depression and health issues, I had to learn to flow with the inevitable imbalance. I learned that being perfectly imperfect was okay. Disrupting balance is for real women who are exhausted with fighting for balance. It is for you, your life, your experience, your truth, and all of the chaos in between. I am Hanifa Barnes, and I am disrupting balance by finding harmony in the imbalance of work, well-being, and the in-between. Find me, follow, and subscribe at Disrupting Balance on all platforms. You never know when what you're dealing with is actually supposed to help others. In this episode of the Disrupting Balance podcast, I am speaking with Dr. Selvi. For years from the age of five, she dealt with chronic health issues and ultimately discovered that it was a result of Crohn's disease. She went through procedure after procedure, ailment after ailment, and in all of that process had a strong desire and determination to go to medical school. And she did. And after going to medical school, she found a way to use her pain for a greater purpose by helping to heal others. In this episode, you'll learn a lot about how to deal with and live with Crohn's disease, as well as hearing a little bit more about holistic medicine and the use of energetics. And you will also understand why it is so important that the mind, body, and spirit operate in unison so that you can walk more and more towards your own kind of wholeness every day. Welcome back to the podcast. On today's episode, we have with us Selvi. And, and am I saying that correctly? Yes, you are, honey. Wonderful. I can't wait for the listeners to hear your story. So we're going to jump right in and please tell us what is your story? Um, yeah, so my story, um, so I'm Dr. Selvi Vasudevan. And um, 25 years ago, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease. And, you know, for the longest time, like that was my story was having Crohn's, having going through the journey, all of that, you know, and looking back, that journey started way before 25 years ago. Like it started back in childhood when I was a little kid, I have ulcers in my mouth um, and I used to play the clarinet. So that got really interesting at times. So putting the mouthpiece in my mouth is not going to happen. All these bits and pieces that just nobody was able to put together until I was in college. And then um, I was having diarrhea that just wouldn't stop. And it took a while longer for people to be like, wait a minute, something's actually off. And for them to start running blood tests and to see that there was inflammation, like really high inflammatory markers on my blood work, which led, um, it was a family friend of ours who was a doctor who was doing all this diagnostic work. And at the time I was like, yeah, that's not going to show anything either because nothing ever shows anything. And, you know, I've just been told I have a sensitive stomach. I guess that's just how I am. And that was the time that it actually did. He referred me to a gastroenterologist who um, at the time had listed several things that it could be. So he mentioned Crohn's disease. He mentioned, I think, TB of the abdomen. He mentioned something else. And he mentioned cancer. And at that age, the only thing that stuck with me was cancer. And I was terrified. And I remember coming home crying 
praying, just God, please let it not be cancer, let it not be cancer. Refused to go back to him, so we had to find a different GI doctor. Um, so we wound up finding another GI doctor who put me on steroids because um, they had already run a study that showed that there was inflammation in the end of my small intestine in my terminal ileum, which is pretty common in Crohn's disease. So he was suspecting it was probably Crohn's, but wanted to do a colonoscopy to follow up. And so I was on steroids starting then and we did the colonoscopy and then it was confirmed. And, you know, I always say that that day in the doctor's office, those seven words, Selvi, I'm afraid you have Crohn's disease went on to change my life forever because it totally did. Um, you want to talk about disruption, right? I had this arching goal of going to medical school, of wanting to be a doctor from when I was five years old. And now this curveball gets thrown in and I'm like, what the heck? Like, can I still do that? Um, I want to still do that. I don't know what this means. What do you mean chronic illness? What do you mean there's no cure? What do you mean like I need to be on medications? Um, give me whatever I need. I just want to get to medical school. And so I was trying to bypass the whole thing and just ignore um, a lot of the issues, didn't process the emotions around it or any of that. So I wound up going back to college. And by the time I finished um, college, I wound up having actually two major surgeries and coming near death a couple of times. Yeah, it was crazy. So the next curveball that came through was I had um, a perforation in my large intestine. So I went from being fine one day in my last semester of college working on my senior project to the next day having a high fever of 104 and just feeling really lousy going to student health services. And then when they ran my blood work, I had basically no white blood cells in my bloodstream. And they said, you need to go to the hospital. I was admitted a few days later. They found that I had this perforation. They had no idea where it came from and that I needed emergency exploratory surgery. Those three words at the age of 21 terrified me. And I didn't know what was going to happen. I was still on steroids. So this was like a good two years that I was continuously on steroids. So I had the surgery, wake up in the recovery room, and I have two bags on my abdomen, two drains in my abdomen, and the incision um, from the surgery, they couldn't fully close because I was on steroids and they said the wound is not going to heal. So I had these huge gaps in between on my abdomen that had to heal on their own. And I was terrified. I was shaken to my core. It's just like, what just happened? I can't handle any of this. I can't look at the bag on my abdomen. Like I had an ostomy bag. And so, you know, stool was going to be coming out of this bag and I just couldn't deal with any of it. And I froze. Like I went into like a full on trauma response. I totally froze in every sense of the word. And so then they sent me home and my body had to heal. But, you know, my mind, my heart, like nothing was healing over time. Right. So it took me over nine months for that to heal, during which time my bones were brittle. I developed a compression fracture in my back at the age of 21. Again, like this does not typically happen. And then they took me back into surgery. Then they were able to put things back together the way they were supposed to be. But then. I had complications after that surgery. So my liver shut down, my kidney shut down. I was in the ICU. Like it just, it got really scary for a bit there until thank God, like finally my kidneys started to come back on their own, but I needed dialysis in the meantime. My liver's finally started to function back again. Like it was just, it was a really scary time. And all of that for me at the time led as fuel for me to go to medicine. So I developed such an empathy and such a compassion for patients because of everything I'd gone through. I was admitted in teaching hospitals, so I knew how it felt to have the medical student come around and the residents come around and the nursing students and the nurses and, you know, in and out, in and out all day, and what a patient actually goes through. 
And that led me to, to really develop a passion for wanting to help people, truly help people who are struggling and to have that empathy for what they go through because I'd walked a mile in their shoes. So when I finally did get to medical school, you know, and a patient was like, oh, they needed to have a CAT scan and I don't want to drink the contrast. And I would go into the room and I would say, look, I get it, you know, but we need to do this test right now. I know it tastes horrible. Like, what do you know? No, I've drank the contrast. No, I've gone through this procedure. And they're like, oh, wow, you do understand. And I saw how much that empathy, that compassion made a difference with patients and my ability to relate to them and to communicate with them. Um, and so medical school was, yeah. yeah so let's back it up. So, so you have been dealing with issues with your health, f- health from a very young age. So let's talk mm-hmm. about the identity that you attach to yourself at a young age, because I'm sure as a child, you know, first you get sick, then you're like, okay, I'm just sick. And then it keeps happening. And then you're like, I'm sick again and again. Now I'm playing clarinet. And then there's an issue with that. What was it like as a child in your identity in that space? And then how did it transform in your 20s, knowing you're still going through these issues with your health? Health. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Um, I love that question because there was this huge identity that I was this weak person, that I was this not as capable person, meaning academically, yes, um, you know, she would do really, or I would do really, really well and all of that. And I was a go-getter, but physically, you know, you're weak, you're tender. You can't really handle the same things as other people was sort of the identity that was fed into me. And I bought into it too for the longest time. And so that was the narrative that was running my life as far as that was concerned for the longest time. Wow. So can you hear me? Okay. Okay. Yes. So, but then on the other side of that, there seemed to be this dogged determination to pursue medicine. Now you, you mentioned you wanted to do this at five years old. Did you find that the more you had to deal with your health, the more determined you were to go to medical school? That's kind of what it felt like, too. And yet there was a disconnect, too, between listening to my body and understanding what my body needed and pushing, pushing, pushing um, with this determination, which I didn't understand until much later. And then so let's let's break down Crohn's disease for for listeners, Um, because Mm -hmm. even myself, I'm not very familiar. I've heard of people Mm -hmm. who've had it and heard of some of the symptoms. If, if they're called symptoms, but let's break that down. What's happening to the body? What do you have to deal with on a regular basis? What type of medications and procedures do you have to do on a regular basis as a result? So there is a broad spectrum. Basically what it boils down to is inflammation in the body, right? And so with Crohn's disease, you can see inflammation anywhere in the digestive tract. So from the mouth all the way down to your to your bottom, basically, in those areas, you can have inflammation, you can have areas that are healthy, you can have areas that are inflamed. So for some people, there may be their esophagus is inflamed. For other people, it might just be in their small intestine. For other people, it might be in their large intestine and their small intestine, any combination thereof. So for example, even the ulcers that I had in my mouth were related to Crohn's as well. Um, 
And so in terms of symptoms, again, it can run the spectrum. So you can have, you know, burning in the mouth. You can have pain in the mouth if you have ulcers. You could have heartburn. Um, you could have burning in the abdomen. You can have pain in your abdomen, um, food sensitivities, diarrhea, constipation, bloating, um, any of those kind of things. You can have uh, fissures on the bottom. So you can have like pain passing stool, um, bleeding, mucus, anything within that spectrum, super mild, super severe, um, and anything in between. And in terms, yeah, so what, yeah, go, ahead. go ahead. What are kind of the, some of the, the regular like methods of care you have to take? Mm. Um, so monitoring the blood work is certainly recommended for sure. Um, having routine colonoscopies so that, you know, they can surveil inside and making sure everything looks okay on the inside. Um, and then in terms of medications, it really runs the gamut and it depends, you know, so for me, the answers came larger through holistic means, like not so much through Western medicine. Yeah. Um, but, and so, you know, Western medicine gives you so much, but there's a whole nother piece of the puzzle that I didn't even tap into until much later on. Um, and that's what helped me to finally get to remission. Um, and of course corrected my whole life as well. Yeah. So let's talk about the journey to holistic medicine. Um, because I think as a, a Western society, we rely heavily on traditional mm -hmm. means of uh, medicine. When those traditional means have come from kind of the holistic means, you know, when you think back historically, what made you go that course being a doctor, understanding mm -hmm. kind of the chemistry of these, these different medications? Why did you decide to do it? You know, it kind of got to a point where I couldn't take it anymore. So what was happening was I was bouncing from medication to medication to medication, um, higher doses and higher doses of different medications, and they were running out of options. And I was on this one medication where the dosage would normally range between five to 10 milligrams per kilogram every eight weeks. And I was up to 20 milligrams per kilogram every four weeks and still not doing well. And I was feeling the side effects and I was still having to have surgery and I was in and out of the hospital and it got to the point where I was being wheeled into the operating room again. And I just remember looking around like, this is not my life. I can't do this anymore. Like I'm freaking done. I'm open to anything. Cause I was so close minded. I had tunnel vision up until that point. I was like, it's just medication. It's just medication. It's just medication. Finally, I reached that point where I was like, I don't care what it is. There has to be something that can help me. There has to be something that I can do. And that's when I became open to whatever it could possibly be. And so I started with just looking at, hey, maybe food plays a role. Like, here's a thought. Um, despite what I'd been told by so many GI doctors was that food doesn't really play a role or go on a low residue diet, which is like, you know, pretty much basic chicken, potatoes, pasta, rice, all of these things that really don't help your gut, which I didn't learn until much, much later. Like I went through a period where I didn't eat a vegetable for years. Yeah, I know. Looking back, I'm just like, oh my gosh, no wonder I was such a mess. And taking really high doses of all these medications, like my gut was not healing at all, right? So it was just trying to slap a Band-Aid on something, but not really getting down to the root. And so once I finally started exploring the food aspect, I started learning more and I was like, okay, now I can do this. That led to something else. Eventually I started coming across things like acupuncture 
And I remember going there and my acupuncturist, she would be, you know, looking at my tongue and feeling my pulse and relating it back to anger or, you know, the liver um, element and stagnation. And I'm like, how are these things related? Tell me more about this. What do you see here? What does that mean? What does this mean? And I would just pick her brain and I was like, oh my gosh, there is a whole host of, of, you know, a spectrum of medicine here that looks at the body as a whole not as just a bunch of parts. Like, you know, you don't have the GI doctor and the cardiologist and the neurologist and the podiatrist and the whatever looking at individual pieces of the body. Like we're really looking at the whole of not just even the body, but then the mind and the emotions and the spirit and how it all relates together. And that just blew my mind. Like that just blew my medical mind open was like, whoa, this makes so much sense because I've always been extremely intuitive. I cut myself off from it. And that started to help me get back into that and to understand how each piece was affecting the other piece and how all of this together was symbiotic and could really start to elicit healing. And that's what finally led me to getting on the road to remission and staying in remission, which I thought was impossible. Yeah. Wow. I know. Wow. wow. I am so glad you kind of brought it home with kind of the trifecta, right? The mind, Mm -hmm. the body and the spirit, because so often we function kind of in one dimension of the, you know, and so and mostly body and then there's mind, but we focus on that one dimensional aspect instead of really thinking of it as this combined effort, you know, to this holistic goodness. Um, So, Going through that process, and because it sounds like in going through that process and, and understanding that you were shedding a lot of the the baggage of what you had taken on through all of this, right? Yes. And as you let go, what were some of what was some of the emotional impact? Like, just did you find days of frustration? Day, was your was your um, emotional spectrum all over the place? What was that like? That's a great question. I love that question. It really was, yeah, all over the place because, like you said, you know, there was a time period where so much was coming up. There was all of this, you know, old emotions that I had held in different parts of my body that needed to come up, and um, mindset things that needed to be addressed. And so, yeah, there were times when my emotions were kind of just literally all over the place um, as I was dealing and processing and all of that. Until eventually, it was just. There was almost, um, I don't want this to sound dramatic, but it was almost like a death and rebirth process that needed to happen of, you know, those parts of the old self that really weren't serving me anymore, that just I needed to finally let them go. Um, And there was a grieving process that needed to happen as well before I could finally see who I was truly starting to become and who I truly am on the inside, which was not that identity of, of a weak person, of a sick person, of a small person, although I'm physically five feet tall on a good day, which is a running joke, but, you know, um, but the expansiveness that I truly am on the inside, right? So um, I needed to let that old paradigm fall away for, for the truth to come forth. Yeah. Wow. That, that is so, so powerful. So your medical doctor, right? Mm-hmm. What is your practice area? Like, are you, cause it sounds like you know, you can do so much, not just with the actual physical practice of medicine, but the whole process. Talk a little bit about what you do and how you help your patients and clients. Sure. And so 
So for me, what wound up happening was I wound up actually leaving medicine. And it was partly due to the fact that my body was going through so much at the time and I knew I had to leave. But it didn't become clear to me why that happened until much later. And after I went through this whole process with holistic um, medicine, you know, exploring acupuncture, Ayurveda, and a bunch of other things that I learned along the way, that I was like, the way I'm meant to work with people is different than traditional Western medicine. The way that I'm meant to help people heal is different than traditional Western medicine. And that's when, after I started to feel better, after I started to live my life and I started to realize that, wait a second, I'm still a healer deep down. Like I still want to help people and I still can help people and arguably in a much more impactful way that I went to school for health coaching because I saw how much more of an impact I could make as a health coach than as a medical doctor. Right. So now I have a full on hour that I can spend with a client at a time, really going deep into what's going on with the mind, body, emotion, spirit, all of those pieces, weaving it all together and helping them to make real progress week by week by week, affecting their entire life. And so that's why I was like, this is what I want to do. And so I've weaved in, you know, like energetics. What are the energetics in your body? Where are the emotions being stored? How are we processing through those? And it just gets deeper and deeper and deeper. What are energetics? I've never heard that. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so it's fascinating because everything starts as energy, right? Our entire body is energy when you think about it. And there's this concept of an energy body. So it's almost more expansive than the body. And there's also the energy centers that we talk about, for example, in India and Ayurveda, the chakra system, which are the different energy centers in the body. So whenever those energy centers get blocked in different ways, um, that starts to manifest as you know, imbalances as disease, as different sorts of symptoms. So let's say you have a block in your solar plexus. Now that can relate to digestion, that can relate to bloating, that can relate to, you know, heartburn potentially, but it can also relate to feeling stuck in life. It can also relate to a lack of willpower. It can also relate to holding yourself back, to not shining your light, like to playing small. So there are all of these pieces that can, yeah, literally relate to each other. As we start to open that up and to liberate that, that affects everything. Now, all of a sudden, you're not the hamster on the wheel trying to run really, really fast, but going nowhere. But now your life starts to open up because you're more in balance. And it starts on the inside and then starts to affect the outside. So it starts with the energy, then it goes to the body, then it goes to you know the mind, the spirit, emotions, all of that, all of it plays. And the spirit is kind of the last piece, but yeah. Oh my goodness. So who, how, who do you talk to about discovering all of the aspects of that, you know, to make all those connections? Like, is this what you do with your clients or how, how do you advise them? And, you know, who, how does this all work? Yes, this is what I do with my clients, you know, and initially I was starting with just the body piece. Um, but as time went on, and as I was being really honest with myself, you know, a lot of the deeper work that I did made a huge difference in terms of my healing. And so I was like, all right, how can I start bringing this forward? Um, and I personally am very connected, like energetically, you know, I do a lot of meditation, I'm sometimes I'm channeling too. Right. And so it's that sort of thing. So I bring those pieces together and I draw on some of my colleagues as well, sometimes for additional modalities that may be needed for support. And so I bring all of this together, but sometimes there's a session, for example, like, you know, I was working with a woman and she um, was having issues with 
creativity and it wound up relating back to her grandmother. And so sometimes, yeah, the way that it unfolds was just, you can't write this stuff, right? And that's being held in her pelvis. And there was no way that she knew this until we started working together. And then that starts to unravel and that opens up like a whole arena in your life. Oh my gosh. My mind is just blown. Okay. (laughs) Because, but it makes so much sense because I know for me, I experience different physical reactions to like Mm -hmm. some emotional trigger. I don't, it makes no sense. I don't know what's going on, but there's just a physical reaction. It doesn't connect. I don't get it you know, mm-hmm. but I know I experienced that, you know, yes. I, I, I'm just, so, so who does it for you? So you're helping others. Who's doing it for yes. you? Yes. I'm so glad that you asked that. So, you know, I have my spiritual teacher who I've been working with for the past I would, at least six years now, who is phenomenal and who I still see on a semi-regular basis because there's always more work to do. As I've found, it's like you peel a layer and then there's, then you're good for a while, then there's another layer and it's that sort of thing. Um, and so she helps me out, you know, with my blocks and with dealing with my energetics and the things that I can't see because we all get to a point where we need someone who is several steps ahead of us to reflect back what it is that we can't see for us to take those next steps. And so she's my person. That's that's great yeah. because I, I, I can imagine when you take on the energies of all of your clients, you mm-hmm. have to still unravel from that, you know, totally. right? Totally. Yeah. And that was hard for me too. Initially was what you said, right? I used to literally take on energy. So I'm an empath as well. So I would absorb energies without realizing it until I started to realize, okay, my boundaries are important. I can hold space for someone. I can be there with them, but not necessarily take it on. Beyond that, are there times when I do unconsciously take it on a little bit? Of course. Um, And I have my techniques for dealing with that. And then, like you said, in between when it gets to be more then I have, um, you know, my person to help me deal with it and to clear it out and things like that as well. Wow. So today, how Mm -hmm. do you define yourself or how do you call forth that identity? Because when we started, we talked about kind of this identity in weakness, physical weakness, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Where is it today for you? And is it a continual process? Mm Mm-hmm. I love that question. It is a continual process for sure. Um, But where I see myself in that process is walking more and more every day towards wholeness. So, you know, walking away from fragmentation and from, you know, holding myself back, but more towards wholeness. So sometimes in spiritual communities, you'll see, you know, um, talk about like, letting go of parts of ourselves, which is kind of true. So, but for me, that's not letting that piece have power, but integrating it into myself, if that makes sense. So like, thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for having taught me what you taught me, but you don't need to run the show anymore. And so it's that, um, that journey towards wholeness, that journey towards coming home to myself. And that's, that's my mission with other women as well. You know, whether it's Crohn's disease, whether it's other gut imbalances, whether it's autoimmune disease is to help them walk that path home to themselves because it's so beautiful. And that's when, when mind, body, spirit, emotions come back into alignment, which is our natural state, healing happens And then the diagnosis doesn't matter. And then the illness doesn't run your life. And then freedom is there. And then you can live your life as you want, as you choose. And that's a beautiful thing. I I, I just love this because 
when you said, you know, it's not so much letting go, but no longer letting it have power. It just took me, I had a moment earlier today at work where something happened and it was just nagging me. And I know when something gets in my spirit, I will just think on it and think on it. And then I can feel the body tension. And then mm-hmm. I've learned to practice acknowledging that energy because I used to try mm-hmm. to repel it. And I find that in mm-hmm. repelling it, I'm actually inviting it. <laughs> so, oh, and yes. so I had to say, okay, this is how you feel. It's okay. This is why, like, I have to talk and acknowledge the energy and be okay mm-hmm. with the energy so I cannot let it have the power. So mm-hmm. this, this is, I just love this conversation. This is just so amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, this is awesome. So where can folks find you and connect to inquire and learn more? Because I'm sure after this episode, someone's going to be reaching out. Absolutely. So the easiest way to find me is through my website, which is www.drselvi.com. So it's D-R-S-E-L-V-I.com. Um, and there's a link there for um, if you'd like to have a conversation with me, I'm more than happy to talk to you about your personal situation. There's a button there that says, let's chat. And there's also um, a free starter kit if anyone is dealing with gut issues, gut imbalances, and wants to get started on, you know, healing the healing it and know, you know, what that starts to look like, you can find that there as well. I am Dr. Selvi, and I am disrupting balance by healing Crohn's and helping other women to do the same. Thank you for listening to the Disrupting Balance podcast with Hanifa Barnes. Hey, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. And if you're not following me yet, find me at Disrupting Balance on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and LinkedIn. And guess what? I'm on Clubhouse at Hanifa Barnes ESQ. And if you want free tools or any and all things Disrupting Balance, check out the website www.disruptingbalance.com. Talk soon.